Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Good morrow, people of the internet, and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and film podcast based in Chico, California. My name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. How are you out there? I hope you guys are doing well. Johnny, before we get into the glorious content of this week, probably, hopefully, uh, where can people find us on the internet, social media, that kind of stuff, videos if they're interested? Oh, well, we have a YouTube channel now. <laughs> Start with that. Yeah, that's exciting. We have two whole videos up there. The newest one we posted is our impromptu review outside of Burgers and Brew of Pliny the Younger. It was a good time. And our YouTube is the same as all of our others, correct? And yeah, you know, I haven't, I think it's Fresh Hop Cinema Podcast, okay. but if you type in youtube.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema, I think you'll get there. Yeah, if you just search Fresh Hop Cinema, just click on the channel that has our has logo. Videos you can't also. miss it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I found it. Pulled some up on right? TV, thought it was pretty cool. Nice, Check those out, it looked good. So anyways, you can find us there, and then also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd and Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. Give us a search. Give us a follow. Give us lots of lovin's. Yeah. Also, patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. Yep. We have a new member. Yeah. In the family. Yeah. Shout her out. Shout out to Sophie. Uh, thanks for joining. Um, uh, we'll get Patreon in a second, I guess, all the details. But Sophie, thanks for joining us. Um, Sophie is a friend of mine for many years and and wrote in after I think listening to um, our rise of Skywalker episode where we also, I think you watched drive maybe, or I did mm. one of our favorites and we just watched it again and talked about it. And mm -hmm. um, she had a lot of really cool comments and insights and uh, we chatted for a little bit. So great to hear from you, Sophie. And also thanks for joining the family. Johnny, what is Patreon? If other people want to join, it is a interactive way that you can help make this podcast happen for as little as a dollar a week. Uh, or up to as much as you want per week. Yeah. There's tiered membership. You get different awards at every tier. Everyone in Patreon gets bonus content that we record, usually while drunk, usually after the regular <laughs> episode. Probably fair. So yeah. there's more exciting, spicy content in there, and uh, it helps keep the wheels on this magical podcast machine from falling off. Yes. Uh, in other regards of housekeeping, I wanted to give a shout-out to James Recker, who uh, emailed us in uh, about uh, the movie that we sort of butchered in a sense, but I think also uh, killed. Oh, I think we nailed it. Uh, it was it was a for a hand, handlebar commercial. We we spoofed Gladiator, uh, and James wrote in. So James, uh, I think you guys have already chatted a little bit. I think, mm -hmm. uh, but twenty five dollar gift card to the handlebar, all yours, my friend, uh, and we will get that to you asap. Woo Very lastly, before we get going, we got another email from friend of the show Nick Land, who gave us a little bit of clarification on Hetty Topper, a beer we reviewed last week, I believe. And I was saying that I was pouring it out into a glass, and that might be blasphemy because it says, on the can, drink from the can. Yeah, we both kind of said, we why? don't know why that yeah. is. So Nick said as far as he knew, it was, because it's one of the flagship um, New England IPAs, so the idea was that the average consumer might be off-put seeing the haziness of that beer, so better not to see it and just drink it anyways. Mm -hmm. And at least that's the, how the legend goes. Yeah, because there's there was, even when you poured it, um, a little bit of sediment, Yeah, and it could be... You know, off-putting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a different time, though. You know. Yeah. Like, I think this is a lot more now. It's like, oh yeah, that's gonna happen probably. Yeah, and everybody wants to see the haze in the glass and take the picture of it glowing. Mm -hmm. You know, like a yeah. brilliant smoothie. So as long as it's not ch chunks of frozen beer that mm -hmm. we pour into a glass and freak out about, yeah. uh, then I'm fine with it. Mm -hmm. We'll never live that down. No, probably not. Uh, I've seen this beer that we're about to drink floating around before. I've never had it, but would you please let me know kind of what it is and where you got it and. 
Anything else you feel feel like I should know? Yeah, so this beer is called Noble King. It's from Jester King out of Austin, Texas, and it is uh, pretty exciting. This is a hoppy farmhouse ale. It's unfiltered, unpasteurized, bottle-conditioned, and uh, I really like some of their beers that I've had. They're usually known for like mixed fermentation, mixed cultures, a lot of sour stuff, a lot of really brilliant, bright, sour interesting notes uh they've been known to have some really cool adjuncts uh different stuff so some wild off the off the cuff beers and there's actually a ton of information on the bottle so i'm gonna go to the bottle and uh, read you a little bit about what they have to say says not all kings are overbearing alpha types well okay in the real world most probably are and the truth be told we're not especially into the whole monarchy thing anyway, but if we ever find ourselves transported to a mythical kingdom, we'd like for it to be one with a ruler who embraces the principles of subtlety, balance, and restraint, welcomes criticism and an intellectual challenge, and isn't afraid to laugh at his or her own expense. What a thing. Jester King is a 165-acre brewery, farm, tasting room, and restaurant located in the beautiful Texas hill country on the outskirts of Austin. They make food drink, and fermented goods uniquely tied to a time, a place, and a people. This is from batch number 23, and it was put in this bottle in April 2019. Oh, nice. we got some time on this thing. Yeah. Would you like to hear some of the ingredients? I'd love that. So this is a hoppy farmhouse ale with 5.3% volume alcohol. Ingredients include hill country well water, malted barley, malted wheat, hops, farmhouse yeast, native yeast, and souring bacteria from the Texas hill country. Wow. All right. Well, you did almost all the information. You did way more than I had. The only thing I want to add is that on Beer Advocate, this thing has a, a rating of 88. Nice. That's which is very great. That is good. The notes on this beer, uh, Noble King is a dry, unspiced, highly attenuated farmhouse ale unique to our land in the Texas Hill Country. They're really emphasizing they really like that, te- yeah. that Texas oh, actually, Hill Country. Uh, can I jump back to Nick for one second? He wrote in also saying technically he was from Texas. Yeah. When we, we asked, were asking yeah, last week. That's very funny that you're, you bring a Texan beer. That's that is funny. Fitting. Yeah. And he is a noble king. Fair enough. Uh, native yeast and bacteria impart a sense of place to this unfiltered, unpasteurized, 100% bottle conditioned beer. Store cool and upright. Refrigerate a minimum of 24 hours before opening because you can store this yeah. warm. And this has been chilling out. I got this on a beer hunting adventure. This came from Curtis Park Market in Sacramento, oh, California. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I, I challenged you by not giving you a bottle opener today. And I like how much you're preparing because we've had situations where sometimes beers um, explode. It is a, not a not the wrong, wrong <laughs> the right. worst way to put it. And this happens. And I really love how efficiently you're doing this. Get it in here. We're good. Okay. Easy uh, We got it. Yeah. Wow, that was really, really well handled, my friend. Thank you. I am a professional. I'm gonna just show it to our camera here. Look how cl- it almost, it almost. Uh, wow, you really handled that. That I was am great. Cicerone certified beer server. Indeed, sir. you are. This is one of those times where I'd be like, man, I wish we had a video for this because like the time one popped off and cut your ear open. That was awesome. Oh, gosh, I can't remember that beer that was, but I uh, wish it was I could. the um, the one that was infected from Founders, the Curmudgeons. Better it was uh, no, I might have been. Who I knows? Don't remember. That was that was one that just overflowed for sure. I thought that one it popped off super hard, bounced off the ceiling and cut my ear, That's, and then overflowed, and yeah, it was just just total chaos. Well, this was not total chaos. I I am a, a little bit. Oh, it's not not total chaos. It's not done yet. Um, I'm not so much a fan of this style as you know. Do you happen to have a bigger glass? I actually don't. I have a candle, um, which mm, won't help you fine. too much. I have, I have that if we need it. Um, well. 
Okay. Maybe, possibly. It's it's slowing down well, and okay. leveling off. Now. And I'm going to skip some of my uh, vernacular foreplay and say, Johnny, taste this really quickly. All or right. taste it as slow as you want, but start tasting it now. Uh, okay. Again, Noble King, your first impressions as a, a Belgian farmhouse Saison style ale. Oh, I like that. Yeah? Because ha- here, have some more. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think you're probably wanting mostly foam, so that's what I'll give you. Just kidding. I'm giving you mostly you beer. Um, okay. No, that is quite nice. It's it's bright. It's crisp. It's really punchy. It's a lot, a lot more refreshing than I thought it was going to be. I should let you know. I posted our Pliny the Younger review in the Facebook group, Chico Beer Enthusiasts, and somebody threw out a timestamp in a comment. They tagged a friend and said, uh, whatever his name was, go to 54 seconds. And it was you saying the word crispy. Mm-hmm. And dude was like, oh, I knew I'm not the only person that says crispy. Like it's such a good word to describe a very specific feeling or taste in a beer. What was that? That was the rest of my cocktail that I poured into the ice chest so Fair I can enough. make some room in here. All right. Don't want this overflowing. There. Now we should be fine. Oh, that's tart. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> man, that's a bummer. I don't like it. I like it enough. I don't hate it, but... It's nice. It's what I expected, in a sense. All the flavors that I'm always kind of uh, scared of mm. are definitely there. No, it's nice. It's earthy. Mm-hmm. It's tangy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got it's a very nice puckery to me though little, too. Little hoppiness on the back. See, I don't think this for me. It's not that sour. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like very back of the tongue, sort of like mm. stabby to me. Well, they say like different like strains of bacteria and different types of sourness. Like people taste differently. You know, some of them are on the tip of the tongue. Some of them are on the sides. Some yeah. of them hit you on the back. Uh, some of them just hit you wrong. Yeah, it's a bummer too because like I think this is one of those beers that I can easily acknowledge is very well made. Mm-hmm. Just a style that I don't like. Yeah. So that's fair. What can you do? Yeah. Uh, is there anything surprising you about this that you weren't expecting? Um, it's not as sour as I expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's actually nice and balanced. It's It's got a tang to it and a nice tartness, but it's not over the top. It really is well balanced with that yeah. earthy, farmhousey, hoppy, mm-hmm. all of the good things. So I like that because I don't like ones that are crazy too sour. You know, I don't either. I don't mean to give off that vibe too if I am. Like it's not it's not so puckery where you're just like it's hitting you right in the lymph nodes, but there is like a maybe tangy. That's mm-hmm. right. You said tangy. Um I think that's true. How much was this? Uh I don't remember. It was like 16, 17 something yeah. like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. We're going to stop factoring in money though. We should I just like to know cuz I mean if people want to go out and get this beer like know what know what to expect to I spend. Think we should talk about the price after we rate it. Well, that's fair. Like we okay. don't really pay for the beers. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. So it's like that shouldn't factor in the actual rating. We should judge it based on the liquid. Okay, okay. I agree. Yes, uh, fair enough. I will not factor that in. That being said, how much did you not like this liquid? I didn't love it. You know, it's like a solid five for me. That's still good. That's it's, middle of the road. Yeah, it's. I don't. It's not a bad beer. Um, and I'm gonna drink mine. I think it's tasty, and I'll help you finish this bottle. Um, but there's just something about this style of beer that just kind of I would never grab it myself. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think it's good. I think kind of the same thing. It's a style that I like trying more mm-hmm. of. I think this beer is good chilled. I think I could stand it to be a little, a little bit colder. colder. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, but overall, it's good. It's like a, a six four. Yeah. Okay. Me. Just because, like, kind of same as you, stylistically, it's not my personal favorite. Sure. Um, it is good and it is drinkable. But yeah, not mm. what I'm going to reach for regularly. Yeah, I like um, how much this is going to contrast with the beer we're doing later in the show. Because mm-hmm. I think that'll be, especially with the adjuncts in that beer, like it's going to be a really nice um, sort of full flavor spectrum today, mm-hmm. which is always nice versus, I think it's kind of the reason we do this sometimes. 
do separate styles versus kind of overloading the same one. Yeah. I always want to do something light and something dark or something sour and something sweet. Yeah. It's it's fun. It gives a nice contrast and it's like you're not really – I would not want to do a show where we just drank like two IPAs a week. Or two Four Locos a week. Who wants to do that? Nobody. Not me. (laughs) Nobody does. Uh, Wait, what did you rate this? I'm sorry. Did you get? Uh, 6.4. 6.4. Okay. All right, 6.4 for you. Five for me. That's Noble King from Jester King out of Texas. Uh, now, Johnny, yeah. how much was it, more or less? Uh, it was 17. 17 bucks, yeah. But for the rarity factor, and if you're into this type of beer, like that's a steal. Also, just for the label factor. It's really Like cool. a very cool green lion. Check our Instagram later sure. this week. there you go. There's going to be some super sexy pictures of this bottle up there. Yeah. Well, let's move right along to a film that we have been uh, teasing for a couple weeks, a film that I've been trying to get to. Um and promising that I would. Uh, it's called Forsama. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary. You watched it. It was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary Feature Film. Um, and I, for some reason, <laughs> I knew what this movie's about. Um, do you want to give me the quick synopsis of it? Uh, yeah, so essentially it's a journalist documenting the beginning of the, I think, the nine-year war in Syria still counting, I think. which is yeah. yeah the nine and still going yeah yep. the, the essentially the fall and bombing by its government of the city of Aleppo mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Syria yeah and it's 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 filmed by a, a mother mm-hmm. a new mother well she wasn't a mother at the beginning you know of the story sure but she well she was wasn't she no well no but she was just like a brand new baby like she was giving birth perhaps no in the movie it starts out she has the kid, but then okay. It goes let me just back. say that I've only seen thirty minutes of this movie. Okay, uh, maybe I should give my backstory now. Yeah, I thought it would be an okay idea to watch this movie directly before we recorded today. Yes, and I started around three or about maybe two forty-five, knowing we had to record at four thirty, and I got thirty minutes in, and this is the only disclaimer I will give for this movie because it's all I can give is that it's very, very emotionally heavy, mm-hmm. uh, which you might have guessed just by knowing that it's about. Um, a parent going through this conflict with their child. Yeah. So I only got that far and I, cause I was texting, I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to be able to watch this and be okay for recording because yeah. it's so intense. Um, but I do want to talk about your experience with it. You watched it a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, walk me through uh, maybe what I, I should expect when I do get around to it. Yeah. So it's the story of uh, she's this journalist and she's documenting this whole series of events and her city falling and she ends up volunteering at a hospital. And the whole movie is narrated by her in retrospect. Uh, she's yeah. narrating this movie to her, her child, Sama. Right. And she's kind of saying, this is why we did this. This was all for you. And then flashback to before she even knew Sama's father. Yeah. They actually met at the hospital. He was a doctor that worked there. And she was a journalist volunteering and documenting and stuff. We should say she also directed her. Her name is uh, Wad Al-Khatib. Yeah. Um, she's credited there. Um I think rightly so. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of a lot of stuff. Keep going. Sorry. Absolutely. And so, in their volunteering and moving from hospital to hospital, because at some point the government decided it'd be um, tactical to bomb hospitals. Yep. And schools. Target hospitals mm-hmm. and schools to try and get people to leave, run away, or just inflict the most damage. Whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um. So in in going from hospital to hospital, they end up kind of falling for each other, get married, and have a child. And this child's name is Sama. And the whole – one of the central conflicts in her personal life in this five-year span that this covers is whether or not they should leave Syria to make sure that Sama is safe or they should stay there and help their people and document as much as they can. And her being a journalist and her husband being a doctor, like – 
they're not just people. Like they're people that could make a difference. They're superheroes. And, and essentially. Seriously. Yeah. You know, and she's someone that could give light to a struggle and give vision to things that people might not ever see. And there's some absolutely breathtaking scenes in this movie. Like a hundred percent will crush you mm-hmm. or like uplift you in ways that you've never been uplifted. Like it's the truest uh, documentation of the human struggle in war mm. that I've ever seen. And also it's um, one of the best documentaries um, giving the history of uh, war through a woman's perspective, which yeah, I, I, I found that super too. fascinating. Yeah. It's always like guys on the battlefield or yeah. um, generals kind of commanding. Like you never really get this perspective. Yeah. It's never just like a mom huddled worried about her kid. Yeah, there was the op- or one of the opening shots is you get this close up of Baby Sama, mm-hmm. and it's this really tender moment. And then I, it, I'm jumped. Yeah. There's like a mortar shell that was so loud and like shook the camera, and everybody freaked out. And I, I think at least the 30 minutes I watched, the pacing is like that. There's these intense moments of serenity and hope, and people just doing the best they can. And then it's just like, no, you're living through hell. Yeah, you're in Crazy. a war zone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, heavy stuff, man. Yeah, and the whole movie was powerfully moving, but in- incredibly heavy and sorrowful, and it'll make you reevaluate your whole life and like yeah. anything you would ever complain about. Right? And yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, it came out on uh, July twenty sixth of twenty nineteen. If you want to watch it, it's available for streaming on pbs.org. It runs an hour and forty three minutes. Uh, in addition to being nominated for an Academy Award, it uh, it received four nominations at the the BAFTAs, which is the the British equivalent of the Academy Awards, which is the most. Uh, any document documentaries ever received there, which mm. is pretty cool. And it sounds like, I mean, I'm obviously going to go back and watch it, but mm-hmm. definitely like a headspace warning for this one. Like to have some time to process. Don't like plan on going to your job. Maybe don't like watch this in the morning on your, or on your lunch break. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it'll get to your head. I think. It is very much a war documentary. Yeah. So we watched this like middle of the day, Saturday and I like didn't know what to do with myself the rest yeah. of the day. Like yeah. I just wandered around like, lost like yeah contemplative you know and just kind of wow it's crazy man it will make you think and it's good for us to be exposed to things like this i mean for all the the hobbs and shaws and the silly movies that we watch yeah. in the world it's really nice to visit something like this and just catch a, a really interesting glimpse through someone else's perspective and i think she's a great journalist i think wad mm-hmm. is an absolutely mm-hmm. amazing journalist and she narrated the whole thing sometimes in Syrian and sometimes in English. And it was uh, it was a really enjoyable experience. Not enjoyable at the time, but um, I appreciate what it did for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was important to watch. It was one of those things once you're into it, you're like, it's kind of like, you know, in the five years after 9-11, like you watched a 9-11 doc every once in a while sure. just to like, you know, remember or whatever. But mm-hmm. like movies like this, documentaries like this, I think are important to get outside your own perspective. Fair enough. Yeah. Again, that is for Sama. Check it out if you want. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Uh, we are going to jump to a break. No uh, no movie scene for Handlebar commercial this week. We'll get back to that next week. Um, but again, good work, James. We're going to get you that gift card as soon as we can. Um, when we come back, we are going to... Let's... I say we go movie. Stick to format. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to tease it or we'll just come back with it? We'll be back with the... Not Netflix original, but Netflix release. Yeah, release. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Horse Girl. And what that name means that I found out very recently. It's exciting and kind of weird. But we'll be right back. All right. (laughs) 
Hey everybody out there in Radioland, you might not know this, but it's spring. I know it's February, but guess what? It's spring. Look outside. It's in the 70s. The sun is shining. The trees are blossoming. Get outside. Go enjoy the patio at the handlebar and get down with some happy hour. Yeah, it's 2 to 6 p.m. every day of the week. You get a dollar off all their craft beers, which I think, if I do say so, is a pretty damn good lineup and a pretty damn good deal. Again, that's the handlebar right here in Chico. Take your bike, take your car, take your horse even. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street. Again, seven days a week, two to six. Snag that sweet, sweet happy hour. Happy birthday. So what are you going to do tonight to celebrate? Mm, I think probably I'll just go out with some friends from my Zumba class. You deserve to have fun. How have you been? I've been good. I've been going by to see mom and going to see my horse. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sarah. Hey. Brian's new roommate is single. Hi. Uh, I'm Darren. I really like your dress. I like your shirt. There's something so exciting about you. You're a lot of fun. You deserve to have fun. You're a... Are you okay? I don't know. And what is it that you're experiencing? I've been having a little trouble sleeping. Finding myself places and I don't know how I got there. You have nothing to be afraid of. Do you believe in alien abductions? People always said that my grandma was so crazy. Now I think that she wasn't crazy at all because I'm feeling it. Sarah, do you know what happened to the wall? Those scratches? How old was Grandma when she started acting like... Why? Are you... Sarah. Sarah, put the phone down. Sarah, put the phone down. I can hear the future. Sarah? I'm just really scared. You're safe, I promise you. I know that it sounds crazy, okay? I know it sounds really crazy, but it just feels really real. A socially awkward woman with a fondness for arts and crafts, horses, and uh, I'm going to skip. Uh, finds increasingly, I'm going to skip that too. I don't know how much you want to spoil. We're good at this. That was a letterbox, uh, synopsis that I clearly didn't read beforehand. I was just going to go with it, uh, for a film called horse girl directed by, by Jeff Bana, starring Alison Brie, just to tie a nice little bow on what I said before. A horse girl is a term. Um, it's like, it's an urban dictionary term, so it's not really even real. Oh, I know. So it is a horse girl. Horse girl is like a derogatory name for a kid mm-hmm. in elementary school that is like a Gianna. Basically, my wife was like kind of like just nerdy about horses and like uh, only hung out with other people that liked horses, horses stuff. And I think that's very cool. A horse is a horse is a horse. That said, I don't think this movie is about necessarily that. Um, I don't know how much we want to say in terms of what this movie is about, because like I told you on the break, I went in pretty blind. Mm-hmm. The, the Netflix it's on Netflix started playing the trailer thing. And I was like, yeah, okay. I'm just going to skip over it until I was ready to watch. Then I just pressed watch. Um, 
So again, it's on Netflix, so there's not a lot of box office information. In fact, there is none. Um, so I don't have any hard numbers to throw at you other than the overall average of 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So I want to know, this was your suggestion last week. We, we I mean, we agreed, obviously, but I think mm-hmm. you thought of it first. Yeah, it was something that had come across my um, YouTube feed, Netflix feed, mm. as something being like original. And uh, it looked intriguing in, uh, in like the first few seconds of the trailer as the uh, Toronto International Film Festival like submission thing. So you're like, okay, this is not just you know, a slap together Netflix right. movie. This is actually might have some substance and yep. then you kind of start to take it a little bit more seriously at that point. So I figured, you know, it was pretty dry in the theater this week. So maybe let's check this out. And we watched not even 20 seconds of the trailer last yep. week after we recorded. Oh, that's right. And we're like, yep, this looks odd and weird. And mm-hmm. We don't know why let's, let's let it rip. And it was, it was odd yeah. and weird. And we did let it in fact rip. <laughs> uh, what do you think about it? I mean, just kind of, kind of, uh, overall. Uh, overall, it was uh, interesting, kind of thought-provoking. It left itself open to interpretation in that kind of trademark indie film way where it's uh, deeply steeped in metaphor that is never fully explained. So like the whole plot of this movie is just presented to you in a like, kind of a non-linear way. So it's more like, um, here's what's happening. Make of it what you will. Sure. And now there's some wild shit happening, let me tell you. Yeah, this is this is a great this is a great danger zone movie, um, because so much of the interpretive side of this movie comes from the context, obviously, and like being able to point to specific examples and be like, oh yeah, well that could be the case because of this, but then this happened, so maybe not. Um, I did notice you mentioned, um, well, doesn't matter, but there's a film called Safety Not Guaranteed, um, which was I believe produced by some of the same people, and once I knew that, I saw saw some similarities especially in terms of like that traditional indie vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this kind of stuff. I think it's also safe to say this movie relies on an unreliable narrator. So you're ne- once you realize that, it's like, well, what actually is happening? Like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, did you like it? I didn't hate it. I kind of appreciated it for what it was. I thought Alison Brie was very good in it. I thought there was some really beautiful scenes. Mm. I really enjoyed the use of color. And contrast in some of the visuals in this movie. There were some really striking scenes that I found fascinating. Uh, and I like any movie that entertains me, leaves me a little confused, and strikes up interesting dialogue with the people I watched it with after. So, Who did you watch it with? Uh, me and Shalina. Yeah, okay. Watched it on the couch solo. Um, and yeah, we had a really interesting... We talked about this movie for you know probably 45 minutes after we watched it. So. Yeah. Any movie that can accomplish that and you still kind of don't really get anywhere concrete, but you have like interesting uh, discourse, mm-hmm. I think it makes it a good movie. It can be good without being enjoyable. Totally. Yeah. For Sama. Yeah. Different, but same idea. Yeah. So overall, I thought it was um, pretty to look at. I thought it was well acted. Uh, I thought it was confusing and all over the place and a little bit, a lot manic. A lot mm-hmm. of just manic, chaotic energy and a lot of unanswered questions and just really interesting, an interesting story that wasn't finitely wrapped up. So, I mean, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was an interesting, weird movie. That's a the good, I would call this is a really weird movie. Yeah. It's like, again, I didn't know what to expect, but I, because uh, I've only seen Alison Brie, I think in, in Glow. Mm. 
Um, I know she's been in some other stuff, but the only thing I could really think of her in was Glow, mm-hmm. which is, if you haven't seen it, is a Netflix series where she is a female wrestler and they're trying to kind of promote the female wrestling league. Mm-hmm. So is it very, go Glow Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling? Yes, that yeah. is what it is. Um, so it's it's very funny and um, sort of weird, but but mostly kind of quirky. So I didn't know what to expect here. And if you do see those 20 seconds of the trailer, it feels almost like a horror movie or a thriller or a weird, like you don't know exactly. The trailer's ominous. Yeah. And I think that some of those weird tonal um, idiosyncrasies come across in the movie. I think that I like this movie in general, but there's some things that are introduced that I don't think really get wrapped up. Um, But in another sense, that kind of works depending on your reading of this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed it also. I, I found that it was a little bit more challenging than I was expecting. I watched it at like noon on a Sunday afternoon or something. Um, and I was like, oh, like I was hooked from the start. I thought that was cool. There's some really funny moments here. There's a sequence of a group date where one kid is trying to explain his music. Mm. And he's like, yeah, man, it's like a full, it's full. It's 12 songs on the album. I called a baker's dozen. And like somebody else is just like, you know, it's, that's 13. Yeah, but it's a concept <laughs> album. It's a concept album. And, and he's like, yeah, but like, is, have you ever been to a bakery? And like tries to explain. They're all smoking weed. Yeah. And that doesn't help. The dude's like, which bakery? And he's like, any bakery. Like, um, I found that. And he's like rapping to his own music later. Like, there's some really funny moments here. I'd argue that's probably the funniest sequence in the movie. But mm-hmm. um, so there's like humor. There is some ominous stuff. Um, I'd say there's horror elements. There are some supernatural things that come into play. There's a lot. I think it's safe to say also this movie deals a lot with mental health. And uh, that's all I will say for now. I don't really know how to lead this conversation anymore without talking about spoilers. Yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I think we've gone as far as we can. Let's go ahead and rate this movie. And then we will pretty much give you like the whole rundown of what the movie is about. Yeah. And then uh, give it, you know, the whole plot start to finish. And then we'll talk about how we got from A to B. In the the danger zone. In the danger zone. So for now, Horse Girl, Max, rate it. Out of 10, I think this movie is a pretty solid 7. Okay. A 7 kind of bordering an 8 if it were a little bit cleaner Mm -hmm. when it was in its execution. But I think it, yeah, I'm, well, I'm actually say a 6. Yeah, it's there's just the more I think about it, like the more I'm like, well, then this doesn't make sense, but this mm-hmm. doesn't make. And there's an argument to be made where it doesn't have to make sense, but I, for my own personal reading of the movie, I think there were some ends that didn't get tied. So I'm gonna say a six. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm right there with you. This for me, this movie's like a five three. Okay, it's just a hair above completely middle of the road, and that's due to the fact that I liked a lot of the visuals. Yeah. Um, but I agree, and in the broadest terms that I can say, this movie, yeah. uh, it didn't know what it wanted to be specifically enough to make it i think cohesive yeah i think it was just simply too scattered and too all over the place um you know i keep finding what the trying to figure out what the through line is what the what the plot is what what is this movie trying to say Uh what does it want to be what is it what's it about and like it's so open for interpretation it's yeah. almost like it's not finished. This is why I'm looking forward to the danger zone because I actually think that it's very clear about what it's trying to say, but there, it had so many different angles with which to say it and stuff that doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff I don't think works as well. Mm. I think by the end, if you commit to a particular reading of this movie, it all makes a lot of sense or most of it makes a lot of sense. Therefore I go back and nitpick the stuff that I feel like maybe isn't like fat that could have been trimmed, but at least didn't get tied up neatly. Gotcha. 
So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we need to get to the danger zone immediately. Yeah, um, but before we jump, let's do, since we do have one more beer, um, would you rather, because this is a pretty short talk about this so far, mm-hmm. seems early to jump to a break for me. Yeah. I say we either do Hot and Bothered or our next beer, and I'm up for whatever you want to do. Let's do both. You want to do both? Why not? All right. I'll sure. pour this. Tell me what you got that's hot. Well, so uh, as we mentioned earlier, there was a a uh, keg of a world-famous beer called Pliny the Younger on tap at one of our favorite places in town called Burgers and & Brew. And I got to try it for the first time. You got to try it for the first time. Um, it's been on draft before, obviously. It's all, it's from Russian River, if you didn't know. It's a triple IPA. It's sort of the big the big boy, Pliny the Elder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just never really gotten much distribution. And this was the first year they also did it in bottles, which we didn't get. You didn't try one of those, did you? No. Yeah. Um, but I tried it on draft. So did you. And we made a big day of it uh, earlier in the week and then uh, got to try it. We did a little review outside of Burgers and Brew, which I think was a good idea you had. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out our YouTube if you haven't seen it. It's very fun. Johnny Sands on a milk crate. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. Um, so I, I thought it was a really good beer, man. Like you hear stories of people going days in advance to kind of wait in line outside of well, at the time, like the Santa Rosa Brewery, but now there's two mm-hmm. one in Windsor. Um, and I think it was a good beer. Like, I enjoyed trying it. There's so much hype around it that I was so stoked to try it. But like you said, I, d- I don't think I'd go wait in line for it again. Like, there's so many good beers out there. Um, but it's got sort of this foothold in uh, beer culture. Mm-hmm. That it was great to try. Definitely. Uh, what did you think of that beer? I mean, I know we did, again, the YouTube thing, but. Yeah, I liked it. It was it. outstanding. Yeah. It's quite tasty. Yeah, you yeah. don't get the whole shebang here. Fair enough. Yeah, go watch the video. Yeah, go watch the video if you want to know what I think. I'm just going to um, tell you it was tasty as hell. Yeah, well, let's talk about this beer that you have here. You brought this from your personal cellar. This is not a, a fresh hop cinema beer per se, but it's about to be. Yeah. Um, it's our second beer of the day, and it is the opposite, essentially, of a Belgian Saison. Sure. It's an Imperial Stout. Yeah, what we have here is a beer called lsd yeah i caught that after i made the notes i was like oh yeah, yeah. lsd no like when they release it they're like oh lsd's coming like it's really cool man uh and i love them because they credit all the artists on their cans which makes me really happy but we're talking about lsd liquid spiritual delight from second shift brewing it is brewed and canned by Kreider brewing llc st louis missouri mm-hmm. and this is a special variant of liquid spiritual delight in including vanilla and coffee which i'm always we're always big fans of on the show yeah. like that's those are two two perfect uh adjuncts to have a really to take a normal stout or even a, an imperial and like elevate it and like really draw out those flavors absolutely and what's cool about them is they uh list not only the coffee roaster that they acquired the coffee from um they actually list the source of the bean which well, who, is pretty yeah. cool who is the roaster that's, uh blueprint coffee and it's this beer is blended with Mexican vanilla and Blueprint Guatemala Esperanza coffee. Okay, so yeah, a little Guatemalan bean for you. Gonna get some dark, earthy characteristics, some chocolates, which should all lend yeah. themselves really well to this. Yep. So, uh, on their website, they had Liquid Spiritual Delight is our chewy, chocolatey imperial stout that we've artfully paired uh, with. In this, actually, I think this is an older version, but vanilla beans and blended with Blueprint coffee. Uh, and they only made seventy cases. So I have a hard time conceptualizing that, but I know that it's small. Well, and they probably made more of this one. That's I'll, true. I guarantee yeah. that. Okay. Because this was actually, I got this on Tavor. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Which is super cool. It was very rare. Yeah. So have you ever had uh, stuff by Second Shift Brewing before? Oh, yeah. So I've had a few different incarnations of LSD. Oh, really? Okay. I have never had it, never heard of it, obviously. Um, and I don't think I've had any of the other stuff, but you've taken a sip and you kind of 
reared mm. your head back like a, a very happy lion oh, roaring on the plains uh, of the Sahara. No, that was a purr. That oh, was, was a purr okay. head. That was a <laughs> uh, walk oh. me through what you're going through. Oh, man. Emotionally it's, and it, uh, tastefully. Man, it's just, it is so satisfying. It is so thick and so chewy is an appropriate word. Yeah. This beer is savagely thick. Um, yeah, it feels like it's coating my insides a tar mm-hmm. black. Oh, it's good, It's so man. good. This, uh, do you say ABV yet? It's 11.5%. 11.5, yeah. It's good. a huge beer. You're getting tons of vanilla, a bunch of really nice coffee that mixes so well with the uh, the stout. It's tremendous. I chilled this down a little bit. I was like, how is you. it still so cold? I put it back in the okay. ice because uh, we had mentioned wanting to maybe take it from slightly cooler yes. to like let it blossom. Didn't get it like super chilled, but just got it maybe five or ten degrees cooler than room temp. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, so yeah, this beer is it's just an absolute treat for your mouth, man. It's it's so good. It's syrup, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the most one of the most viscous beers I've had. Uh, in a long time, mm-hmm. uh, pretty sweet. Yeah, and I, I'm getting less of uh, less of the coffee than I am the vanilla. Okay, but again, that might come out when it warms up a bit. Yeah, um, it's pretty good, dude. I'm into it. I certainly like it a lot. I'm trying to figure out if I love it. There I've only had know. one sip so far. Mm-hmm. Um, it's jet black. Oh yeah. I guess if you maybe if you hold it up to the light. Mm, nope. Nope. Still pretty black. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's maintaining a lot of that head for me at least. A lot of lacing around the sides. Um. I watched a documentary about scotch last week, mm. um, and I reaffirmed my knowledge of what the word uh, legs means. Mm. Um, and it's basically if you – it replies to beer too, I think. Um, if you swirl it around your glass and you kind of get the the drippity drips and like how fast those move is a really good indicator of how thick your your liquid is. And this one is like almost just frozen to the side. <laughs> it's just a thick <laughs> boy, dude. That's a thick boy. Um, yeah. It's pretty good. Once the legs are there, they don't move. Mm. I'll tell you what. Uh, this beer is tremendous. God, can you imagine like chugging one of these? That is thick. I yeah, I could imagine it. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to no, either. It's just a lot, man. Also, it's just a waste of a good beer. You know, yeah. you're not going to taste it. Exactly. It's one of the thicker stouts I've had. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. I, we've complained more about having stouts that are too thin than too thick. I've never, un- until maybe now, had a stout that I'm like, this could be a little thinner. No way, buddy. I don't know, man. It's right on that border for me. It's like. That's it's hard. It's 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 hearty. <laughs> Couldn't find the right word. It's hearty. It's chewy. It's chewy. It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Call it what it is, and they did. So, yep. I like it a lot. You Do you too. love it? Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. So this might be a good situation to guess each other's numbers. Mm-hmm. Let's take your time figuring out your number. I'm not quite there yet, but okay. Well, that's a weird sound. <laughs> Sorry. Um, weird sniffle, sniff, sniff. Yeah. It's it's good. I want to try other ones. Um, what do you mean? I want to try other variants of it. Like oh, yeah. the ones I've done. Um, speaking of which I called because the description I got said that they used, and it's caught my attention because uh, we did it a couple weeks ago, a beer, they used uh Quica yeast in it. Mm. And we did a beer from true brewing uh, a week or two ago. No. Are you talking about this beer or the one? From no, the- I'm talking about this beer. What? I know. So uh, I was also confused because the beer we did from true was, um, what was it, like? Just like a, an ale. Yeah. Um, with a very specific yeast. So I called their tap room, um, and they had this to say. Second shift brewing. Hi there. I had a quick question um, about uh, Liquid Spiritual Delight. Mm-hmm. I was seeing uh, on, on Beer Advocate, actually, they were saying it was made with a particular type of yeast, and I was wondering if you could tell me if there's been multiple batches of it and it's changed or if that's always kind of been the, the main way it's been made. 
we've been making it for about seven years now. We've changed the yeast once for one batch, but the rest of the time it's always been made with SO4. Okay, gotcha. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. So she confirmed it was not Quica yeast again. It's their SO4 yeast, and I, we're not breweries. We don't know what that is, but we do know that the Quica, Quaka, Quica, Quica, yeah. whatever. Yes. That crazy yeast. I wonder if they did it for like a, a Viking LSD. Yeah, dude, with I don't like know. The blood of virgins in it or something. Uh, yeah, as you heard that gal say, or uh, yeah, as you heard her say, they've been making this beer for about seven years, changed it up once, and was like, nope, it's worse. Or they shouldn't say that, but like, <laughs> why else would you go back? You know, like I think they maybe found their recipe. Like it's good the way it is, mm. and it's, you you might say it's perfect. Yeah, it's real good. It's real good. Okay, you're gonna guess my rating of this, and I'm gonna guess yours. Uh, do you have the number you think I think this beer is? Because I don't have my number yet, but I'm pretty close. But do you have what you think I am gonna be? Yeah. I'm try one time. Okay, wait. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident I'm close to what you're gonna get. Okay, yeah, let's write it down first. Okay. So I'll I'm write down. Write my score down. Okay, I'll write down mine. Uh, all right, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Okay. Your Wait, score. I have to guess yours too. Yeah. yeah you all just right. say it in your mind. You don't have to write that one down. You can do whatever you want. You're giving this, my friend. You're gonna give it. You're gonna give it a. I think you're giving it a nine point six. How close am I? Okay, there it is, 9.6. You just I guessed wrote. it with 100% and accuracy. And I saw what you wrote for mine. It is a 9. We did it. Nice job. Oh, my God. Yeah, we should do this game more often. We just guessed each other's scores. So, Liquid Spiritual Delight, Coffee and Vanilla. It's a 9.6 for Johnny, a very, very high score. It's a 9 for me. Um, where can people get this beer? Uh, I got it on Tavor. Right. Um, you just have to kind of subscribe to their thing and get stuff when it comes across. Cool. If you're not familiar with Tavor, they post beers, I think, daily or every other day. And it's kind of a thing where you can uh, start a crate. And then if you purchase a beer, you pay for it right then. And it goes in your crate. And then you pay for shipping when the whole thing ships to you. And it's like 20 bucks flat rate to That's ship right. your whole box. Yep. It's crazy. So pants. load it up. That's a good marketing strategy. Like, just buy as many beers as you can to get your money's worth. Yeah. Smart. You have to fill your crate. Right. So but you can do that or... Life hack... Sure. You can just have one buddy in a circle of like right. five people Chip in $4. with a crate open. Yep. And you all just There is limits, though. That's the thing. Sometimes they have like a one bottle per person. Uh, uh, and wow. if it's like ultra yeah, rare. Fair. And I actually did that one time to get one bottle of something. And then I still haven't opened it. It's a whole thing. Nice. But it's a fun way to try new beers if you are not big on beer shopping or yeah. if you know what you're looking for and you can fill your crate with stuff that's out of market. Um, Tavor is cool. And that's where this came from. Word. Um, okay. Or you could drive to St. Louis, Missouri. You could get it, I suppose. That's possible. Um, somehow we went from me talking about my hot into this beer. It's going to let you figure that out. And we skipped your hot and were bothered, but I know you have something. So let's put uh, LSD to bed. Get it if you can. Let us know what you think. Uh, Johnny, what's going on in your life? Yeah, man. I am hot on a couple things. Uh, one of them I'm probably going to talk about on bonus content. I Good think it, out, it'd be yeah. fun. Uh, but the thing. But that, you mean bonus content on Patreon? On Patreon, you can only hear it if you subscribe to Patreon. Exactly. Cool, cool. Just, just clarify. Yeah, patrons, listen up. Yeah. What I am going to talk about, my hot, is a show that I just started because uh, I was seeing pop up ads for it on my Instagram incessantly, and I finally paid attention to one. And gosh darn it, it actually looked pretty cool. I'm talking about the show Hunters, an mm. Amazon Prime original starring Al Pacino. Oh, that's right. 
which was surprising, and uh, a yeah. plethora of other people that I do not really remember because there's no super big names. He can compete with Al Pacino. No. If it's a show with Al Pacino, it's an Al Pacino show. Exactly. Yeah. But he plays um, a nicely understated character. He does hmm. an Al Pacino all over the place, yeah. which is nice. But it's uh, really like the first episode is it sets a very aggressive tone. It is not as mellow. What is the show about? Uh, as I thought it would be. The show is about, it's called The Hunters. Is it The Hunters or Hunters? I'm not sure. I think it might just be The Hunt. It's not The Hunt. Are you sure? It, no, but I'm, I've seen I, it also. It might be The Hunt. I'll do this. I got this. Yeah, but the whole show's about, it's set in like the 70s, Son of Sam Killers on the loose, and it, they're hunting Nazis. And it dives into, it's called Hunters, and yeah, it dives Hunters. into... Uh, not all of it, but some of it is about the scientists that came over to the United States uh, during Operation Paperclip in like the late 40s, like 45 through 48. You can't just say that. And if you don't know anything about that, <laughs> there was a book written on it. It's actually been like declassified. And if you don't know anything about it, do yourself a favor and look it up. It's a crazy thing that happened in U.S. history. At the time, it was a super secret intelligence operation to essentially import Nazi scientists after the end of World War II and kind of used them for good in America. First episode came out February 21st, so okay. it's three days old. It's brand new. I'm also just going to jump in, and because I just Googled it, obviously, but the things that come up are from Variety, Hunters Slammed by Auschwitz Memorial for Dangerous Historical Inaccuracy. Hmm. Another website called Deadline says Auschwitz Memorial criticizes Amazon's hunters for historical inaccuracies. Uh, which I'm interested in. Yeah. So maybe take some of the uh, factual historical stuff presented in the show with uh, a couple of grains of salt. Sounds yeah, like absolutely. Granted, I just read two headlines, so there's probably more more mm -hmm. to be gleaned information wise. But you know, yeah. Fun fact: uh, Executive producer Jordan Peele mm -hmm. was on this. That's really nice to know. That's a very like I think increasing like a stamp of approval for absolutely. a lot of viewers. Like, oh, yeah. Jordan Peele's in. I'm in. Visually, it's really mm. cool to look at. Some great colors. Some great. Uh, shots he's got some really cool edits mm -hmm. and some cinematography going and overall like first episode in really dug it like it was super captivating the story is interesting the characters are endearing and cool. the first episode sets a really interesting groundwork so sounds interesting i'm not sure if they're releasing it episodically in like an appointment television fashion where you get one episode per week uh or if season one is available right now it is available now okay that's cool so you've watched one episode yeah one episode in cool. how long was it it was an hour and a half. Oh shit! Yeah, first episode was like, "Hey, we're here." Maybe yeah, maybe it's like one of those, like really long first episodes, and then kind of levels out. Or maybe they're all feature length. Either that, or yeah, I get ten movies. You a big fan of Al Pacino? Mm, uh, in this, I suppose. In this, he's good. Yeah, uh, I was concerned because he has a tendency. Yeah, like I said, he could Al Pacino too much. He's got a. I mean, he's got a reputation for one, and like also a history of decades of Hollywood acting. Like yeah. You go and be like, oh, is this an Al Pacino show? Yeah. Or a show where a guy named Al Pacino can settle into the... I think he settles you know. well. Yeah. I cool. think, yeah, it's it builds a nice contrast to the rest of the characters. Yeah. It's an interesting world that they're creating. And uh, yeah, I really like it so far. So Cool. Once again, to clarify, it's Hunters on Amazon. Uh, anything got you bothered? Yeah, I woke up Saturday and I felt like yeah. I got hit by a truck. Yeah, you've been coughing so much today. Yeah, dude. Whether it's allergies or just like a sudden onset cold, my life has been miserable since Saturday. That sucks, man. When did I see you? On Friday. Friday. Literally, Friday. the next morning I woke up, sore throat, coughing, yeah. runny, sneezy, itchy, itchy. upset stomach, diarrhea. Hey, Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> no, and I yeah. keep 
I'm like holding firmly to the the hope that it's allergies. But you've taken allergy pills since then, and it made me feel better. Oh, okay. this is the improved version. That's true. Yeah, yeah. you popped up a little bit since I saw you. I'm working on. When did you take the allergy pill today? Uh seven a.m. Oh no, eight thirty a.m. Well, maybe but it's, it's my personality. Hour. Yeah, because you showed up a little bit more under the weather than you are now. Yeah, it's either me or beer, maybe both. Both. Yeah, it's that minority hall. Fair. <laughs> um. Well, I think we got to go to a break. I think we come back and we talk about some spoilers for Horse Girl. Let's do it. Okay. We will be right back. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Listen to The Danger Zone. It's going to be spoiler filled. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. And we are back. Fair warning. We're going to be discussing Horse Girl like we all just watched it. This is the last warning for spoilers going forward. Here we go. Uh, Before we get into our likes and dislikes and specifics of this movie, Max is going to give you a full rundown of the plot, kind of an A to B, and then we will talk about everything in between. So, Max, tell us the skinny about the horse girl. Sure. So, Allison Brie plays Sarah, and Sarah is kind of a quirky, interesting person. She works as a a salesman at a craft store, and from the get, we're like, she's like kind of endearing, but kind of weird. Like You can tell she's not good in social situations. Um, thank you so much for that, especially after your glowing review. Uh, we've just been drinking the stout on the break, and it's just gotten better. As it warmed up uh, is the point. Anyways, she also lives with a roommate, and her roommate's clearly a little bit more of a socialite, like has a life, and uh, Sarah sits at home and kind of makes little lanyards and watches her favorite show, Purgatory, which is a supernatural show uh, about, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. It's uh, like a demons su- yeah, and supernatural. What is it like? It's like there's that show on Amazon also. Um, it's called like Angels and Demons or something. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Kinda, it's, you know. Very similar to Supernatural Twin Peaks. Sure. Type show. Um, so she's kind of a shut in. Yeah. But like, I think what's really cool and this is plot related, I guess, like you're kind of rooting for her from the get go because she's just she's so weird, but charming and like she's doing her best. And she's trying. Yeah. She's trying. She's lovable. Um, So slowly but surely, um, she starts experiencing... um. Paranoia, I suppose, at first is all we can say. And um, we get these little nuggets of of her backstory where like her grandma also sort of had a bad past and, and died on the streets. And then her mom also uh, was kind of paranoid about stuff and maybe had some mental issues. Um, she has a friend that she used to ride horses with. She really loves this one horse, Willow. And this kind of gets into the stuff I'm going to talk about, like the ends that aren't tied up. Because all these things that I'm having to juggle while summarizing this, I'm like, does this even matter? Mm-hmm. Uh, they put it in, so I guess it matters. Mm-hmm. She has this horse. She's clearly not really welcome on this ranch, but she goes back. She has a connection to the horse. And they've made it clear, the people that work on the ranch, that's not your horse anymore. But it was her horse at one yes, point. Yes, it did feel like that. And they said, it's not your horse anymore. Yeah. Um. Anyways, then you meet this friend that she used to ride horses with who had a bad horse riding accident. And it's also a very sweet interaction that kind of reaffirms your, like, she's nice. And we like her. Uh, cut back slightly. She has her socialite friend's boyfriend's roommate come on over. They have a date. They hit it off. They're goofy. We talk about a baker's dozen. Um, and they end up going on a second date. She, at this point, is like, hey, you, you know that thing where, like, conspiracies are nuts? What if aliens exist? I'm a clone. And a lot happened in between that that first Fill in some stuff because I'm missing clearly oh, yeah. a lot. No, after that, she starts losing time. And that's that's really important in this. Yes. She, like you see a scene where she's like, um, it's eleven. She, o'clock. Like right the night that they break, she sleepwalks. No, that's big. Yep. Yep. Um, that's established early on. Yeah. She right. just sleepwalks. So the night that they the roommate has her boyfriend's roommate, roommate over, yeah. um, she gets like blacked out, drunk, and yes, like scratches crazy marks in the wall and wakes up in the well. Living there room. are crazy scratches on the wall. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But weird thing like that happened, mm-hmm. and then. 
at one point before the second date, she like you see her driving from somewhere and she sees like some water tanks and that like uh-huh. she's like, Oh, those look familiar. Water's a big thing in this yeah. movie. Like, and drains. then like she like wakes up at home. Yeah. And then like or she has like this mental image of her driving home and parking her car. Yes. They made it very clear to to indicate yeah, that. Right. Because she walks out to go to work, goes to get in her car, and her car's not there. Right. And then she calls to report it stolen. And then her mother, her dead mother's ex-husband is the one that gets called from the police. He's like, here you go. Another character that makes like one reference mm-hmm. is like, here I am. Here's some money. It's because the car was still registered in his Correct. name. So yeah. Uh, I think that's all I missed, right? Mostly. Yeah. And uh, then they go on the second. Well, and it, by this point, she's like convinced that she's uh, a clone that's getting abducted by aliens. Yeah. Right. And the time yeah. that she loses are, is the time that she is actually abducted. Because she Googles symptoms of like losing time yeah and there's theories of basically like alien abductions carbon monoxide poisoning carbon monoxide poisoning those two things she's like well it's probably aliens one of these makes way more sense and she's watching purgatory at this freeze frame we've had for a long time there's a character pointing a gun at two clones basically she's like well that's that's what it's happening Mm -hmm. so she kind of like reaffirms that and then goes on this date with this guy again who's lovely by the way he's nice he's just a weird like he's got a bad history with an ex-girlfriend like a bad breakup Clearly kind of a weird dude, but a nice guy. And they're having a great date. They're joking about conspiracy theories. And then she's like, hey, let me show you something. Oh, I forgot about all this. She has dreams where she sees people. It's all whitewashed background. It was the first time I noticed in, the, in this movie. I was like, this movie's not what I expected. Um, reminded me of Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson. Mm. Um, and she sees these two people, one on either side. And it's this uh, dude, uh, Indian dude. So, yeah, like I've seen his, I've seen him around in other movies he, before, but yeah, recently he was in Bumblebee. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah he was like the the doctor, uh, like like therapist, not therapist. Yeah, uh, he yeah, was yeah. part of the like alien interaction, yeah. but with the bad guys. He's noticeable in this movie because he's the only brown person here. So like, you see him in her dream, and you're like, you see him later in the real life. You go, that's definitely that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another girl who doesn't come up till later, but it reaffirms her sort of conspiracy ideas because she sees them in her real life. And she gets this idea, like she sees them because she's been abducted by aliens and they're not uh, wiping her brain totally. And they've all been abducted. They've by all aliens. been abducted. Yeah. She develops this theory that she right. remembers them because she's waking up while abducted and she can look around partially because she's protected. We can talk about the tarot card reader. Jesus. Also, this movie sounds crazy when you start doing it like, this. Oh yeah. Uh, this is all the loose end stuff that I was talking yeah. about. All right, well, we, let's summarize let's the plot. Yeah, yeah, let's get to the end. <laughs> um, so, goes on the date. She's like, come to this graveyard. We got to dig up my grandma to test my DNA, which also never comes up again. Um, and then things spiral. Um, and there's this really great sequence where she, we think, is asleep or maybe isn't, depending on your reading of this movie, steals her horse, walks it to a park, and then takes off her shoes. And as far as we can see on screen, floats up into an alien spaceship, cut to black. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Anything else? Yeah, Major. There's lots of crazy shit in this movie. Yeah. So I think, and I think this is the most defendable reading of this movie by, by way of evidence. None of it's real. None of the supernatural stuff is real. This is a case um, of somebody struggling with severe, um, like paranoid delusions and yeah, possibly like schizophrenia, psychotic. Yeah. Paranoid schizophrenia. And everything is all, is about sort of reaffirming your own reality as a way of coping with the trauma in your life. We know that mm-hmm. her grandma died homeless. Her mother killed herself. Um, it's a good way to double down on like the drains and the water tanks and like all of the use of water in this movie. And I think the way you could read the ending is a, is a couple you could one, she has also killed herself. 
nothing ever happened after leaving, after being um, sort of assessed by the psychiatrist in the hospital. I can't imagine a scenario where that guy lets her out. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe on one hand, um, she just doesn't leave. And this is sort of her her final moments, like thinking of what she would do if she got out. Yeah, or it's all a delusion. Or it's all a delusion, yeah. Um, there's even one hint towards that belief where like you get the start of this like 10-minute dream sequence and she's running out of hospital, but there's also her up in the window. Mm-hmm. It's like she maybe never left. Yeah. Also, yeah, it could just all be a delusion. And it's just somebody that is so desperately trying to cope with whatever's going on in their brain um, and can't, so invents an entire reality around mm-hmm her show that she's very familiar with or any number of um, external factors that she, she chooses to like bring in and, and use those as coping mechanisms. Totally. On the other hand, and I think this is less likely, it's just a movie about somebody uh, getting abducted by aliens. <laughs> when, and I, like, like, I love an unreliable narrator. Like this is what happened in Hereditary. Like you're the whole time you're like somebody, like Tony Collette's character has a problem, but then at the end it's like, spoiler alert. No, the cult is real. Like they're clearly being sacrificed for payment, the God of or the, you know, Lord mm-hmm. of hell, whatever he is. And I don't think this is that movie though. That is fun to think about. Right. Uh, where did you, you mentioned having some issues with this? Um, not so, I mean, there's issues. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of with you, there's so much unexplained and yeah. not tied up. And there's this whole issue of like little things. Like I wanted to know her history more just to explain more of the present mm-hmm. because like the first time we think that she's in this uh, psych ward. Yes. The social workers like now we talked about this the first time you were here, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's a red flag. Was when it the was first time in? you were here, or like a couple? I thought he said a couple days ago when we met. No, mm. no, they talked about this. She's he mentions it was like a while ago, and Got she's it. like, yeah, you mentioned your horse and, mm-hmm. and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, right. And so you're, you're thinking, why is she in there in the first place? Did she? have a breakdown after she found her mom dead or after her friend fell off the horse as a kid. Like exactly what caused that snap. And Mm -hmm. like, I, I'm not going to profess to be an expert on anything, but like her behavior, like I'm looking for trauma. I'm like, I've listened to enough podcasts about shit. And it's like, where's the trauma? Where's the trauma? It's all over the place. It's all over the place. (laughs) It's her life. And you see, it's possibly just compounding. Yeah, dude, the big aha aha moment for me was like, she says to Jay Duplass is the actor that plays the psychiatrist. And he says, you lost your mom or she's maybe telling him. And, and then the timeline is she's like a year ago. Mm. And it's such a tragic story. It's like, she found her overdosed on pills in the bathroom with a running shower, which explains so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, it was a year ago. Like that for me was like, yep, that's what's happening. Like she's just, she doesn't have the resources to deal with this. Yeah. And she's like creating a false narrative and yeah. And going nuts. Yeah, that's that was one of the things I was thinking too. Like, yeah, because the brain can shut off and create false realities totally. in regards to like trauma or even like an extended shock. Mm-hmm. Like your your brain will just start doing crazy things. Yeah, to like keep you alive. It's like a survival mechanism. Like you're fabricating your own reality that makes sense. That's yeah. easier to deal with or process than the thing that is causing you this trauma that you can't process. Yeah, I it, keep it was I keep crazy man. Yep. Trying to figure out in my brain, like, because at its core, the the themes of mental illness run very strongly through this, Mm -hmm. just like they did through Joker. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like Joker. And more specifically, I didn't like what I felt like it was trying to say about mental illness. Mm -hmm. Though I, the more I examine it, the more I think it's a very similar um, theme. Like, it's like basically these people can't take care of in 
these two people can't take care of themselves. They need people to help and people aren't helping in a way that works. Mm -hmm. Like even the people in her life and Sarah's life, like her roommate, um, I would say are not helpful, but tolerant or Joan at her craft store. Like it's like, all right, well, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. You like, can replace a negative thought with a positive. Yeah. Like one. that's so not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't fix schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. it, it's that kind of stuff is, is interesting to me in terms of through lines between movies that deal with this kind of subject matter. Like I'm interested in the commentary behind it. And, and I don't think there's really a way to answer it. Like everybody's different and um, there's so many factors, but um, I just, I, this, this rubbed me a much, but I don't like that turn of phrase rubbed me better than the other one. <laughs> Uh, but it did. It sat with me a lot better than Joker did. Yeah. And I think that's the last movie we've covered that really dealt with mental illness. So mm -hmm. I thought of that a lot. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely an interesting movie. And like I said, there's just the things I didn't like were just not having the, the explanation. But I think this mm -hmm. movie lets you figure it out for yourself. And I think, you know, upon further discussion like we had after the movie and then what we're having now, it's like, well, it's kind of clearly that that's this thing. Because, like, yeah. I don't think she was actually getting abducted by aliens. I don't think so either. But then there's stuff, like, that you can't really explain away. Like, you know, in the beginning, she's in the craft store, and her coworker, Joe, I think it's Joan, mm -hmm. looks out the window and sees the horse butt. Did you see by. that happen at the end of the movie? Right. So I'm like, okay, well, on one hand, that's just her delusion and, like, making up the narrative to fit her beliefs. But I feel like the movie made it really clear it was Joan seeing that horse, not, yeah. not Sarah. And it's like... So did it like th those little inconsistencies mm -hmm. are kind of what deflated a lot of it for me. And there's those throughout the movie when it leads to confusion. Yeah. You know, and it's, it seems like going above and beyond leaving something open for interpretation versus just purposely trying yeah. to confuse. But then me. even one level deeper, it's like, but she's confused all the time. So why shouldn't we be as yeah. viewers? And I'm like, well, that's a, that's actually a, that's a nice commentary as well. Yeah. One thing that I brought up when I was talking with Shalina about this was, um, there's been studies that, um, THC and marijuana use mm. in people that are susceptible to schizophrenia mm -hmm. can trigger schizophrenic uh, paranoia and schizophrenic episodes and can actually push someone into full-blown schizophrenia. Like it can, it can give your mental health, like the push over the edge. <laughs> like there's like documented cases of people eating really strong edibles yeah. and like never snapping back. You just see it in like the credits of this movie, like, Funded by the Reagan Foundation. Don't you wait. <laughs> right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then, that's crazy. And then I think back and Literally I think, crazy. well, everything weird started happening after she smoked weed with them the first time oh, that guy came that's over. That's true. What an interesting take. That is absolutely true, so I think. what if she got super stoned and it made her already subtly subconscious, susceptible to schizophrenia and paranoia, what it made her paranoid brain yeah. get even weight Because when you smoke weed, sometimes you get really fucking paranoid. Yeah, for sure. And... um I just imagine having yeah. that mental, not having the mental fortitude to put that in the box where it goes. Right. This is just the drugs. Yeah. Oh no, there's aliens and there's people watching me and I'm losing time. Yeah. I'd love to read some of those studies. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. You can Google it. It's, yeah. it's out there. It's weird. Huh. And a lot of the studies they did were um, younger men between like 21 and 35. It's my age. Because a lot like schizophrenia and those crazy mental it's uh, yeah, I got you. The, the mental, a, you've the, got to find a different the word. severe <laughs> sure. mental issues, uh, they can come on like at our age. Mm -hmm. That's like when they hit. Well, and, so, so like they make a big point to your case. Like her grandma did deal with this mm -hmm. around the same age. Like you see this photo of her grandma over and over, and yeah. she's like basically the same age. Mm -hmm. And you only see her mom face down on the bathroom floor, but she didn't look old. Yeah. Um, 
And then you see your ex-husband who is like the age, well, a little older. Um, but it's just, yeah, like there's a pretty strong case to be made. Like that could be the approach. Yeah. I want to. I kind of want to watch it again. I think it's one of those movies like you'll you'll understand it a little bit more. Yeah. But I'm like, what if anything? Nothing weird happened until she did the drugs, right? And um, then that was just the push. Allison Brie in interviews has said like part of her, and this kind of is what also steers me away from like it's not aliens, it's mental health stuff. Her grandma, literally Allison Brie's grandma, did deal with schizophrenia. Oh wow. Um. So some of her uh, expression of that was, or expression of of what her grandma went through was her on screen here. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that gives me a little bit more, but um, lets me get behind this movie a little bit more, even though there's some of these loose ends that, you know, I don't know, don't totally hold up. But I think this movie has a, has good intentions. Well, yeah, and I think maybe a lot of the problems that we see with this movie could be explained away by the phrase that you use, the unstable narrator. Uh, unreliable narrator. Unreliable narrator. Yep. Like you're looking at this through the eyes of someone slipping into schizophrenia. Right. Maybe it doesn't make sense because nothing makes sense for them. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about how, when we talked about the Irishman, um, Scorsese films, I love uh, Shutter Island, mm -hmm. which is a great example of somebody, that, especially with the psychiatry stuff. I hated Shutter Island. I know. But you have to like, you have, granted in that movie, it's a lot of conspiracy about the psychiatrist, but mm -hmm. here, J. Duplass as sort of the state seemingly funded psychiatrist when i when she met with him i was like oh yeah the alien stuff there's no way like i trust this guy yeah when i didn't have that in shutter island with their crazy their high hospital people they were really mean it seemed like yeah um but here it's like oh i am dealing with somebody mm -hmm. that has some issues that somebody clearly wants to help mm -hmm. um so that really solidified also for me i was like yeah that's she's just having a tough time yeah and nobody can help her seriously but it also like nobody's letting her out you yeah. can't if I don't, don't let her out. You can't. He's like, all right, you're getting dis discharged today. And she goes, oh, good. And like doubles down on everything that put her in there in the first place. And he's like, all right, see ya. Mm -hmm. I don't think that would happen. Did I ever tell you about the time that I lost a month of my life? No, but no. Yeah, it was crazy. I got in a really bad head on car accident. Oh, and I was super sick with the flu. And Beforehand or after? Before. Like oh. I shouldn't have probably yeah, even okay. been driving. And I fell asleep. And went head on into an SUV. Oh my god! Um, yeah, and I was physically fine, uh, but I pretty much blacked out and didn't come out of like shock for like a month. Were you? You weren't like going about your day to day life. No, I was like border like borderline catatonic. Yeah. I like got sent home. When was this? Oh shoot! This was probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Oh, somewhere in there. Yeah, you're like the early twenties. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I get in this gnarly car accident and I just am not with it. I'm not there. And like, it gets to the point where I'm having a hard time telling if I'm dreaming or if I'm awake mm. and like conspiracies are starting to form in my head. That's why I hated Fuck. Shutter Island. Yeah. It, it fucked with it, my it's head. It's not good, dude. Anytime yeah. they start messing with like, are you dreaming? Are what you is awake? real? Yeah. Like, what's real? Like I've had firsthand personal experience with feeling yep. like that. Yep. And it, it makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. Cause like yeah. I can look back at that time period and have small like memories of what it was like to be in that fog of like, I don't know if I was just sleeping for 12 hours or if I've yeah. been awake this whole time and my dreams were real. Um, and they were gonna start having to take me to get my head checked out. Mm. And like, you know, we need to start taking like their doctors were like, yeah. give it a week or two. And if he doesn't snap out of it, you need to like, get CAT scans and yeah. we need to look at possibly getting him some more intensive therapy and stuff. Luckily, um, 
one day I just like woke up and I was like, what's up? Like, what is happening? That's crazy. And I had to actually sit down and look at a calendar and get told what day it is, what day my car accident Mm. happened and have all the gaps in between filled in. And like, well, what's been going on every day? Like, well, you've pretty much been like catatonic on the couch and people have been like feeding you. And like you've been, you know, going that's to the bathroom. Scary, man. Yeah, dude, it was fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. I gotta stop using the word crazy. I'm noticing how much I use it. Just like, <laughs> that's crazy. It's like yeah. maybe pick a different thing. Yeah, like I, we keep we both keep like crazy, crazy, crazy. 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 It doesn't work when you're actually talking about uh, mental illness. Yeah. It becomes much more uh or much less effective yeah. and more offensive. So that was terrifying. Fair enough. So like that feeling of like, am I having because I was having like delusions and there was just complete just uh, disconnect. It was nuts, man. It's the same word. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, well, I don't want to sound reductive of your experience, but the, I almost feel like that's an argument to Shutter Island being a good movie. Yeah. To, to trigger that in you and be like, yeah. I have experienced that. That's, yeah. Granted, obviously, if I were in your shoes, not a movie I would like either. I watched it like once and was yeah. like, I'm never watching this again. Because I might have ended up at some place like that. Dude. And then not known. Oh, I love that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so effective, but that's how people confusing you, and that's how people end up in places like that because yeah. they don't know what's real and they don't know where they are and yeah. they don't know what's happening. And the next thing they know, they're locked up for the rest of their lives. So there's that scene in in, in Horse Girl where they go to the cemetery to dig up her mother to get her DNA. Yeah, and he's like, "I need to find this guy's name because I really liked him in this movie. It was good. Uh, he was Darren, played by John Reynolds. Okay, um, and he's like." Look, I'm not trying to dig up your mom right now, but I'm all, like, let's go. I'm not going to leave you in a cemetery. And she's just like, help, get away from me. Like, help, like yeah. screaming. And it's it's understandable that he'd be like, all right, I got to go. Like, So it makes sense that people, some people, most people, it seems like, are not equipped to deal with um, the levels of pain and confusion and any number of things that that these types of mental disabilities come with. Yeah. Hundred percent. Plus, they didn't even have a shovel, like he said. What did she have again? Scissors. Scissors. That's right. <laughs> uh, I love that he pointed that out. By the way, he's like, you don't yeah. have a shovel. Like, that's a good reason. Like, yeah. maybe maybe that would connect with her. You don't have a shovel. She's like, oh, that's true. You, what are you gonna do? Dig her up with a pair of scissors? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So, I'm gonna rewatch this movie at some point. Okay. I think, and I think that it will get better. I think that it will get better per rewatch. I think it, yeah, it might. It was strange. It was a strange, strange movie. Yeah. I also just really, I think Alison Brie was great in this. She was. She had to play such a great, there it is right there. An intense range of emotions. She goes from sort of the um, naive, likable crafts person at Mm -hmm. a job to clearly very paranoid Mm -hmm. to the very supportive, loving person when she walks with her friend. Great scene. Yeah. To like extremely vitriolic Mm -hmm. and angry in like the cemetery and just a huge range of emotions. Yeah. And that's indicative of someone losing their mind. Totally. You know, and it was yeah. uh, possibly a very captivating portrait of that particular situation. Right. Or aliens are real. Or aliens are real. Who yeah. knows? Uh, all right. You feel good? Yeah. Okay. Final notes here. Uh, per usual, the show wouldn't be possible without the support of Bailey Minardi. We are going to record some bonus content about a very mysterious thing that Johnny teased and hot and bothered. So if you're into that sort of, peek behind the curtain into our lives check out patreon uh it's a really fun way to support us for one we get invites to cool events and 
all sorts of fun stuff. If you don't want to give us money, that's fine too. Give us a review or a rating on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud or anything that you can review us on. Tell well, somebody that doesn't listen that they should. That'd be great. We should go back to having people uh, screenshot during when they're listening and post that on social media. Mm-hmm. That was nice. That was. Um, next week, we'll have another Handlebar commercial where we butcher a movie scene. There will so be trivia. Listen for that. There and then gift cards. Yeah. And if you don't live in Chico and you still want to play, write us in and we'll figure out a way to give you a reward somehow. Mm-hmm. We don't care. It'd be fun. Yep. Um, anything else? Uh, no, we haven't figured out what movie we're covering mm-hmm. next week, but we will maybe we'll post about that on social media yeah. when we figure it out. So keep an eye on the Facebook, the Twitter. Uh, I will share on our Instagram story what movie we're going to do next week. So if you have time, you can watch along. Deal. Uh, that is Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. We're Fresh Hop Cinema. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.